As you see, I have on my fam you hat, Fort A&M University. Just in case there are any of you wildcats out there from a Thune Cookman, Rattler baby. And I'm gonna talk about a Rattler, one of the most celebrated ones, <laughs> Mr. Julian Cannonball Alley. And we're gonna specifically deal with the work he did uh, in the 60s. Um, first of all, a little background. Uh, he and his brother were tight, Nat, Nathaniel. Uh, Nat continued to play the cornet as their father did, and of course, uh, Cannonball switched to the saxophone. And uh, while in New York, they had groups together, uh, mostly a quintet rhythm section, the two brothers out front. Uh, that very first quintet was not very successful, and so they split up and went their own way. Uh, Cannonball, you know, did gigs here and there and actually was in Miles Davis's group and on one of his most uh, pitiful albums, uh, Kind of Blue. And um, Nat did things under his own name that were also kind of successful. However, after leaving uh, Miles Davis for the very last time, uh, Cannonball formed another quintet with his brother, and this one was quite a lot more successful, both um, financially and musically. Um, they would often expand the group to a uh, sextet, one of my favorite albums, uh, Live from Lighthouse and uh, Hermosa Beach, uh, featured the great uh, Yusuf uh, Latif. And I also know the saxophonist uh, Charles Lloyd also participated uh, with the brothers uh, making the group uh, a sextet uh, at times. Uh, various uh, rhythm section people came through from uh, Bobby Timmons, um, Hal Galper, uh, Victor Feldman, uh, did I mention Bobby Timmons? I guess I did. Uh, George Duke actually was in one of the later groups, but the uh, group I remember more than any other was a group that uh, featured uh, Joseph Zawinu. That was uh, the group that I remember more often. And then uh, uh, bass players, Walter Booker, and um, uh, so many other. Uh, but then, um, uh, although he had uh, his, uh, four or five different bass players uh, in the group. Um, I think I may have heard him with uh, one or two uh, German bass players. His drummers went from Roy Haynes to uh, Roy McCurdy, and most of the groups that I uh, heard perform live were the ones featuring uh, McCurdy uh, on drums. Um, and Victor Gaskin uh, on bass. Um, Josalino on the piano, and of course the brothers down front. I never heard any of the live uh, performances of either of the sextets, although I was blessed to have met Yusuf Latif uh, much, much later uh, in my life. Um, I remember going to FAMU in 19, well, let's just say somewhere in, in, the, in the late 60s, okay? And um, there was this dance craze going on called the African Waltz, and it was a full orchestral soundtrack featuring Cannonball Adderley, and the title of the tune was African Waltz. 
And at least at FAMU, we even had a dance developed called African Waltz. We were celebrating not just the music, but also an alum of Florida A&M. Uh, that was one of the first popular hits he has, and that was a single hit. And it was so big of a hit that uh, they actually recorded an album uh, of, I think, eight or nine tunes uh, with um, African Walls as being the title of the album and one of the uh, central tunes on it. That uh, tune had first been recorded by uh, John Dankworth, uh, a British uh, saxophonist, uh, composer, and educator who was married at the time to Cle the jazz singer Cleo Lane. So um, Dankworth had a big hit with it. Uh, in uh, the UK, and Cannibal says, hey, I like this thing. I think I'll borrow it and uh, do some real big orchestrations with it and release it under my own name, and he did, and it was quite successful. And this started um, a, a pattern for him of finding his way into a jazz uh, repertoire that people like. They can shake their hands, they can clap, and they can actually dance to and shake their butts all the while listening to this jazz. Cannonball was getting into the spirit of jazz as it was back in the 30s and 40s and 50s and etc. Man, he was really uh, quite a popular character and his personality came through uh, so richly in on the uh, live recorded, such a uh, live uh, from the lighthouse. Um, near the end of the uh, 60s, he started experimenting with uh, electronics. Uh, by that, I mean electric bass, electric piano, uh, synthesizers, that kind of thing. Uh, that probably became the um, uh, pivot point, the launching pad for Joe Zavanu's later work uh, as a leader of the uh, weather report uh, with Wayne Shorter. But those experimentations uh, with electronics had started with Cannonball Adderley and um, it produced some uh, fine tune this year with my Bobby Timmons, uh, work song and sack of woe and who could forget Mercy, 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 written by an Austrian pianist named Joseph Zawano, which was probably uh, the biggest hit Cannonball ever had. And all those black folks were bopping to it and going, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. Little did they know that that song came from the mind and hand of an Austrian classical pianist. Oh, yeah, jazz is infectious like that. It's it most certainly infectious like that. So let's understand that what Cannonball did is bring the spirit of the groove and dance into jazz, brought it back into the jazz. And he started his experimenting with electronics, uh, the preacher operation, uh, bread basket, all those things he did with Jesse Jackson, uh, getting near to the end of his life. Uh, he was experimenting, but he always kept that Southern tradition of baby, it's got a groove. Or like Duke Ellington would say, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got no swing. So we say thank you, Cannonball, for bringing the groove and the dance back to jazz with the work you did in the 60s.
Thank you very much.